Well, we're back for another episode of Unwired. Oh, I faded that out too quick. Oh, amateurish. Okay, so I'm in my office today. Haven't been here in a while, I have to admit. Um, so I'm not at the home studio. I'm actually at the office right now, I'm listening to the nice hum of all the machinery that's going on in the background. I have some equipment back here making a whole bunch of noise. I'm using an oldie but goodie microphone. It's a Tascam something or the other. I'll get that uh, model number back to you. Uh, I left the road at the home office. And so you might hear a lot of background noise, creaking of the chair. Uh, this is still a condenser mic. Not a dynamic mic, it's a condenser mic, so I'm feeding it phantom power. But its uh, pickup is a little bit better. I have my uh, boom arm. It's an ex inexpensive boom arm, so if I move it around, you'll hear that as well. But today, I'm working out of my home office, and we're going to talk about something eh, interesting. Um, as of today, today is August 13th. Uh, as of today, or I should say as of Friday, was it? Where Blackmagic Design announced a new pocket cinema camera. They have introduced the 6K model. So they have... Oops. I was supposed to be doing the cheering. Oops. Uh, okay, this is terrible. Okay, you get the point. I wanted to do cheering. Uh, I will say I've got to label these uh, um, sound effects from the Rodecaster Pro. Yes, yes. I understand that, that uh, the Rodecaster Pro is awesome, yes, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're talking about the... The announcement, the Blackmagic Design announcement. And inevitably, if you check YouTube, there are already people on there talking about whether it's a step up, whether they're going to get it. Nobody has it. I even saw, I think I saw one video where a guy did an unboxing, but I'm not going to touch that. We, we don't care about unboxing. We can tell what's in the box. You just go to the website, it'll tell you what's in the box. Go to B&H, it'll say what comes in the box. So I'm not that keen on unboxing. There is some footage out there, but there's some footage from Blackmagic Design. So we can assume that will be the best possible quality it is. And we don't know how it's rigged up. So there are already people out there talking about why they're going to get it, why they're not going to get it, uh, its improvements and stuff. But nobody has it in their hand. So until someone actually has it, I'm not going to really worry about it. But I did want to talk some more about the... Blackmagic Design Pocket Cinema Camera 4K that I've had now for eight months. And I've used it for a couple of different projects. Uh, I've rigged it out where I'm now finally able to use it. I've used it personally. I've used it professionally. And uh, this, this is just going to be a little bit of talk about my experience with it and what I've come to a conclusion. First of all, it is a cinema camera. And I don't think people really understand what that means. There are a lot of people who want to get into making TV shows, making movies, uh, uh, recording theater, recording documentaries, recording many different styles of video. But they don't understand that a camera is not just... 
a camera is not ubiquitous. It doesn't work for every single situation. No camera does. It doesn't matter if you spend $100,000, $500,000. It doesn't mean that camera is going to do everything you want under every possible condition perfectly. There's no such unicorn. Okay? So that's the first thing to consider. Now, when you think about the fact that it has been advertised as a cinema camera, and there are certain individuals who did not realize what that meant. I'm raising my hand now. You can't see me. But I honestly, I didn't realize what it meant. I looked at the specs. I looked at what it can do. I looked at the form factor. I looked at the price. And I said, this camera can take over for all my other cameras. It's, it can do exactly everything I want to do. Yeah, sure. It doesn't do autofocus, but that's not such a huge deal. Yeah, it. the monitor is fixed, but that's not really such a huge problem. I have monitors. Uh it uses LPE6, great. Yeah, it uses Micro Four Thirds mount, but I already have a speed booster for my JVC LS300, so I'm fine. That I don't have to spend that extra 600 bucks. So yes, 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 it checked off my box. It's small form factor, 13 stops of dynamic range. It has dual ISO, so I can record under different circumstances, uh, different lighting conditions. And then I got it. And there will be people, if you go to the Blackmagic Design forums, there are people who swear you can just slap a memory card in there, slap a lens on it, and go out and record, and you'll get beautiful footage. And I cry bullocks. Nonsense. Pure and utter nonsense. You need a super steady, steady tripod because it... The form factor is different, so the weight is distributed differently. And how you have to hold it to be able to actually see with that back screen. Beautiful, huge black, uh, back screen, but because it doesn't tilt or move or do anything, you can really see it mostly from one position. So you have to position yourself properly. And then getting it set up for each condition takes time. That doesn't make it a bad camera. That makes it a cinema camera. Every single cinema camera you have out there takes time to set it up. They're not made like a hybrid camera that you can just throw up there and start recording. Autofocus will kick in. You can set it to auto mode and it'll catch. It'll, it'll evaluate your scene and set the exposure a certain way. That The Pocket 4K does not do that. And so anyone who tells you that you can just get out there and start running and shooting, no. It doesn't make it a bad camera. I don't know why people think just because you say, hey, there's a deficiency in this one area. It's never been advertised as a hybrid camera. Sure, it has a photo button, but anybody who uses it, no, that's just for, it'll take 4K photos. We long since passed the days of four megapixel photos. So it takes decent enough photos, but you can't even find the, you can't look at the photo. You have to offload the footage to look at the photo. What, what cinema camera do you know that takes photos? It, you know, understand what it is that you're buying. Then on top of that, to actually attach all the things you'll need, you'll either need to buy a very expensive CFast card, in order to get the best quality um, frame rate and uh, recording format, you need a very expensive CFast card or an SD card. 
Now, if unless you want the SD card, excuse me, I said SD card, SSD, SSD hard drive or an M2 or something of that nature. And unless you want those things just hanging off your USB-C connector, possibly damaging your USB-C connector, you're going to need some sort of railing system or rigging system around the camera. That's an additional cost. It's just a necessity. I, there are people who can take it out there and just run and shoot with it. They think they can do run and gun. Feel free. If you can do it, I'm more than happy to hear about that. But if you want the best possible recordings, you're going to need an SSD if you want to save money. Or you can know there are people who just bought the CFast cards. It's out of my budget. Um, and you're going to need some way to rig that. Then... As good as the onboard microphones are, they're not that good, you're going to need a microphone. There is no cold shoe on the Pocket 4K, so that's another reason you're going to need the the rigging for it. You're going to need a cage for it. I went ahead and bought the small rig cage. Love it. I love all the mount points on the small rig cage. I love, I had to buy a handle for it. That was a bit separate. So these things start to add up. As we said, it's a cinema camera. This is what you're going to experience with most cinema cameras. Then, battery life. Now, here, Blackmagic fell way, way, way short. They use the LPE6 battery, which I love because I have a bunch of them. However, the bunch that I have don't even work. Um, they, I've had my batteries. Some of them even Canon make, made LPE6 batteries last 30 minutes. Now, I do a lot of long format things. Now, when you're shooting cinema, you're shooting a movie, you're not going to really shoot 30, 40 minute scenes. It's not normal. However, you don't want to be turning your camera on and off during these times. You just want to, okay, we're not shooting, not recording. You set it to the side. In our case, with 30 minutes, uh, it doesn't quite cut it. I was recording... Something a few weeks ago, just kids at a summer camp, and I went through batteries like crazy. And I'm just taking clips. I'm taking three, four, five-minute clips at a time, and I'm going through four and five batteries. That's not, that's not good. Because as you're changing the battery, you're missing a, sh a, a shot. No one's going to stop their summer camp as you're switching out batteries. So I found a solution. There's a, a there's a whole industry built around the battery for the Pocket Cinema 4K. They've come up with a whole bunch of solutions. V-mount batteries, um, sleds. Blackmagic Design came out with a grip that uses not LPE6 batteries, but Sony MPF batteries. And those Sony batteries, however, are the small ones. So you're still, you're, you're, you're still in that same space. So now you've got to get a rigging for your battery. I found a 14-volt... Um, battery cell off of Amazon I found a 14 um, volt battery cell bought an extra adapter for the specific Blackmagic power connector and boom I can run uh, an hour and a half now without problems then I realized hmm I need something bigger than an hour and a half for $10 more I can now run for two and a half hours 
but these are extra costs involved. And these aren't even close to the price of V-mount batteries. And if you think you're going to put a V-mount battery in your pocket with the plate uh, and stuff, no, you need rails. Now you're talking about a much bigger system. So run and gun just went out the window. Your pocket 4K is now become a suitcase 4K. And I am not kidding. Now, when it comes to, there's one reviewer uh, mentioned on YouTube that the amount of lenses, especially with the Micro Four Thirds mount, um, people talk about how great the wide array of lenses are, but there seems to be an issue with the the way the camera deals with the lens and it doesn't do a correction for any aberrations, any um, curvatures that the lens produces. The camera doesn't seem to, to correct for that. I didn't see that problem myself. Uh, Max Yuri is the gentleman who mentioned it. Uh, so I might have to take a closer look at that. I, like I said, I didn't see a problem with my lenses. Uh, I'm using a mix of Micro Four Thirds and EF lenses attached to my Metabone Speed Booster. Okay, so what are we up to now? We have the camera itself, which is really low price, especially considering you get full version of DaVinci Resolve. Then we have the cage. Uh, for all the additional mount points, and it, it makes it gives it a bit of heft to hold it. Um, then you have the cage handle. You have the adapters to hold your media. Uh, I went ahead and got a 500 gig SSD, the Samsung T5. Works great. Um, I don't, even shooting the highest quality, well, not the highest quality, even shooting Q2, which is one of their quality settings, um, constant bit rate Q2 in Ma uh, Blackmagic's B-RAW I'm not filling up I've shot long and didn't come close to filling up a 500 gig hard drive so I didn't see a need to go for the 1 terabyte which is a lot more expensive um, I think I got the T5 on sale T5 500 gig on sale for about 120 and the 1 terabyte I think at the time was going for 220 so I, I didn't need it that much. Um, I'm not going to have a terabyte of data just sitting there. So, so we got. We're up to battery. Uh, excuse me. We're up to memory. Then you need the holders for the memory, your hard drive. Then you need batteries. There's people who said, "Oh, just go buy a ton of LPE6 batteries." And there's people who only swear they only use Canon LPE6, which last time I checked was seventy dollars a piece. So imagine getting five of those just to go two hours. Yeah, slight exaggeration. They say it could be forty minutes. Okay, so let's do some math. Forty times five is twenty divided by. 60, that's three hours. Okay, three hours. Okay, 40, that's five. So five times 70 is $350. Okay, so that's $350 to get three hours of recording time. Yeah, it's a bit much. I got my uh, battery cell plus adapter, uh, and I just stick it in my back pocket, and I think I paid, let's see, <laughs> I paid $90 and I can get four and a half hours. I say, two and a half, uh, four hours. For $90, I can get four hours rather than three hours for 350 So you have to do your research and that's time. 
You have to count that time into your expenses because that's time you're not working. So I did the research. I you do buy a couple of things. Some things turned out to be just a waste of time and I returned them. Uh, on a side note, always buy from a company with a liberal return policy. And I'll get into that in another show. So, okay, so we're up to battery power. Uh, lenses shouldn't count because you're going to need lenses for every camera. Uh, I don't count the fact that I need a speed booster because I made the choice to get a camera with Micro Four Thirds mount. I already have one with Micro Four Thirds mount, though most of my cameras are EF. Um, bit of, I've been a big Canon fan. I've mentioned this before for years. However, they're just falling behind in time, so I need to look for something different. Now, one of the issues that I have is I'm usually solo. I do some YouTube stuff, haven't done it in a while, and this is part of the reason because of the cameras that I have. But I do quite a bit of YouTube stuff, and with a flip-out screen and being able to shoot 4K, great quality, uh, able to do dual ISO, so I may not need to throw up 50 million lights in a small crap space that I have. However, because I've lost the ability for autofocus, there's been a couple of things I've recorded, and you have to sit still. Because if you do anything with a shallow depth of field and you move forward an inch or back an inch and you just, you're just completely out of focus, you really can't put that online. You're talking about a, being a, a professional videographer and you put out-of-focus video online. It sort of damages your reputation. Then on top of that, I can't see the screen. Yes, I can set up the other monitor, but once again, you're talking about a much smaller space. So I'll be, gl I'll be glad to get back into this office, and maybe I can do more things. I can set up a, a big monitor on the side and make sure I'm in focus all the time. There is absolutely no autofocus. It's a cinema camera. Um, most of the people online just, they scoff at the idea that anyone would ever want autofocus. Well, you know, it's different situations. You may want autofocus. If you're trying to do a YouTube video and you're explaining something, you might want autofocus if you're just a one-man band. If you can get 16 people to work with you on zero budget, sure. <laughs> Maybe that'll work for some. It doesn't work for all. Then let's talk about picture quality. It takes time. If you shoot in RAW, which is the best format to shoot in with the Pocket 4K, it's going to take time to process that video. There have been a couple of things that I did, just personal things, and I haven't even looked at them yet because I know I'm going to have to go through and color correct them. I was shooting outdoors. Oh, let me talk about this. The back screen is useless in daylight. Let's just say that there's not enough nits it's a funny word. I don't know exactly what it stands for. But there's not enough nits on this screen to use it in, in broad daylight. I went out to D.C. and was doing some uh, videography around the monuments and at the reflecting pool and at the World War II memorial. And a lot of times I'm shooting blind. I'm, I'm even afraid to look at the footage because I don't know if it's going to be usable. I couldn't see the screen. And because it was just me, I was out with the missus, just taking a walk around, shooting some things. First of all, my battery pack died on me, so I was only able to get an hour's worth of stuff. But I, because I couldn't see the screen, I don't know what I was getting. I don't know what I was recording. 
and it's great. It has false color. It has um, a histogram. It does not have a waveform monitor, uh, so it's harder to set your colors. You you can. It's it's really a nice screen. There's so much you can do with it. It's very responsive for a touch screen. You can access everything from it and the menu button. But I couldn't see. And what good is a screen if you can't see? So there's those things. So what I'm realizing is, unless I get into the movie business, which really has not been a focus of mine, there are a couple of things I would like to do, and I think this camera would be great at those things. But overall, um, its usability for me is a little bit on the waning side. Now, if I had my choice, what would I get? It's a difficult question because you have to take price in, into account. A GH5, the GH5 I've wanted. When I had my GH4, I loved it. I loved the picture that you got out of it. I loved my GH4. But I sold it because the work I was doing at the time was a lot of corporate work, which required XLR microphones to get the best feature. And instead of spending an extra X amount of dollars for the... Um, for the actual XLR adapter that Panasonic made, I just went ahead and got the JVC LS300. Much bigger camera, has XLR on board, has really, really good picture, has really poor autofocus. They never fix that properly. And But JVC isn't well known for their cinemagraphic, cinematography line. They make really good run-and-gun broadcast and man-on-the-street cameras. Really, really good cameras. But this was their first foray into cinema, and I think they did well. Um, the issue I have with that, that camera's pretty heavy for me to, if I'm just going out for a walk in D.C. with the missus, I'm not taking that. As I've said, I have a Canon M5, the mirrorless M5. I have an 80D, and so I could take those out into the film. I mean, they shoot excellent, but they don't shoot 4K. Do I need 4K? There's things I like to do with 4K, even though most of my production is 1080p. So having the 4K is good. If they would just release an acceptable 4K camera, I would buy it. That leads me to the C200. The issue I have with the C200, I mean, I really like it, but the issue I have with the C200 is just price. It's a $6,500 camera. Um, I could buy two LS300s for that price. I can buy two and a half GH4s. So, excuse me, GH5s. I'm almost considering... I mean, there's something I would lose. I'm almost considering finding a GH4 to walk around with. Uh, just for the more personal things, the, the in-studio, the YouTube stuff. Just getting one of those. I thought I like the lightness of the M5. The autofocus is a bit weak on it. And once again, it's only 1080p. So I like the ability to punch in, you know, rotate to different sides of the shot things like that. So this is the compromise that I mentioned in the beginning. There is no perfect camera. Uh, if, if there were, most of us couldn't afford it because they can price it at whatever they want and only the best would be able to get it or rent it. So I'm considering the C200. 
Now, there's a lot of fanboys out there. There are people who will love a company no matter what. I'm sort of that way with Canon. I love their price. I know their menu system is almost always the same. I can pick up any Canon camera and use it uh, because I know where to find what I need. They take excellent pictures. They take decent video. They used to take excellent video, but they're just falling behind in times. You know, Their dual pixel is innovative. It's amazing. It's excellent. Um, the fact that they don't have in-body stabilization is a crime. The fact that they don't properly do 4K is a crime. And most people will point out the fact that Canon doesn't want to um, cannibalize their upper-level video line. But I don't see that logic. Just because the ADD at $1,200 doesn't have video doesn't mean I'm going to jump up to pay $6,000 for 4K. This, this, you know, it's not a logical leap. All the while, Sony and Panasonic come out with twenty-five hundred dollar and two thousand and three thousand dollar cameras that can do video. Who are you gonna jump to? You're gonna jump straight to six thousand dollars just for the lenses, or you're gonna buy something for three thousand dollars where you can get an adapter and put the lenses on it? You tell me. What makes more sense to you? So I'm not gonna buy Sony. I'm sorry. Once again, you have it's like the anti fanboy. Um, I've used Sony equipment for decades and I don't have a huge problem with it. I'm just not going to use my money to buy one. Uh, the A7S, the R lines, they get ridiculous reviews, especially for low light performance. But uh, their menu system to me is one of the most confusing things. And it's been that way for years. You know, pick up cameras for years, their menu system has been really poor. JVC could learn that lesson to really poor many system. So that is my take on my Pocket 4K. I like it. I don't love it only because what I do, it makes it a little more difficult. Now, I have been able to turn around some videos real quick, but it was with the idea that it wasn't going to be... It was focused on a quick turnaround. They wanted a quick turnaround, so I put it into... Video mode, just got what I got, and it's not as beautiful a picture. Um, if I put if I put that image against my ADD's image, I would have rather had the ADD. Um, and it did take a while to set up. They were everyone else was gone, and they drove off, and I'm still taking my camera apart uh, because there's so much I had to add to it to get these this video going. So once again. Love it or lump it, it's a good camera. It just doesn't mean it fits everybody's criteria. And you have to go into it. If you're going to buy it, you've got to understand what you're buying. It is a cinema camera and should be treated as such. If you're not into cinema, you really should reconsider whether you want this camera. All right? So send me your hate mail. Uh, it is unwired the podcast at spaceage-llc.com. You can also send it to unwired at spaceage-llc.com. Um, our, we have our Twitter, we have our YouTube. Um, so just keep looking out for us and look out for me next week. I'll be back.